0: sing of the goodness of God. That Speaking of goodness of God, let me. uh, One of our one of our members' son has Bradley Gibbons. He has he has cancer, and so let's take a moment and and just pray for him. Father, we come to you, God, because you are good. And God, as we were singing, as Kim was crying out, God, we we come to you because. God, there's victory in you. There's healing in you. And God, right now, despite ourselves, we fall on our face knowing that God, we can't and you can. So we ask healing for Bradley. God, we pray that your peace, God, that supernatural peace that is promised to us, God, we pray that that's what Valerie feels. We pray that's what the family feels. That's what Bradley feels as they know that you, God, are just, Lord, you're there with them. God, your word says that. Jesus says, come to me. God, you literally say, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God, we're claiming victory right now for Bradley. And so, Father, thank you in advance for what we know you're going to do because you are faithful and you are good. But, God, our hearts are heavy because the unknown scares us. And so, Father, we cry out to you. For Bradley's mom Val, Lord, just please just give her that peace. Lord, let us be instruments in some way. God, give us the words to speak or, or the ears to hear. Open our hearts to, to see this as, as, as you, and treat this as you would. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you're wondering who this bald dude is sitting up here, Um, My name's Chris, I'm one of the elders here at Bellwether, and Nathan is, man, he's like at the lake house somewhere, loving life. He didn't invite me, so I had to stay here. Um, But Bellwether Church, man, I I want y'all to know I'm really thankful, I'm thankful for this place, you know, a rescued people that love and serve God in the world. Like, that is, man, that just, that encourages my soul. It my, encourages my spirit. It gets me fired up. And I, I just want to welcome you here. If this is your first time, if this is your first time online, welcome. Um, it's great to, it's great to see you. Look, there's these little cards. If you're, on, if you're online, you can just hit that comment section if, if, and whatever. But if you're, there's cards in the back of your seats somewhere. Just fill it out. We're not going to, like, attack you. We won't wear you out. We just want to know if there's anything spe- special that you want us praying for. Write it on that card. And then as, you, as we leave today, the gift boxes are right there the right and left at the doors. Just drop them in there. I want you to know what a blessing also it is. Man, just to be up here. You know, it really is. Just to, to share God's Word is, I'll be honest, it's heavy, man. It's heavy to me. And, and you know, there's that... the. To live in fear and reverent fear of the Lord. It's what that I love that term because what it means is to be in awe of his mighty and power, of his might and power. And and that's what it feels like, you know, to stand up here. And I and I say this with humility, man, just humbled to be able to stand up here and, and, and present his word. Um, also, I'm so thankful for it, man. I'm so thankful for what he says. And today we got some. We got some heavy stuff to kind of talk about. We're going to try to make it not as heavy. Uh, but first of all, I was trying to, you know, I've never been that great at math. And I was trying to get some, figure that out. So I, I'm pretty sure we're 245 years old today. Is that right? 245? Any, anybody know that? So happy birthday. Nobody else here knows that either. David, I can't believe you don't know it. <laughs> happy birthday to the country. Can we get a shout out for that? Ra ra. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, um, we've been going through this sermon series in Thessalonians for, golly, I guess a couple months now at least, and, and I've loved the way Nathan has laid this out, because see, Thessalonians, Paul started the church in Thessalonica, and he had been there for a little while, you know, he went there, I guess maybe three, three-ish years prior to when this letter, his letter to, Thess- to the Thessalonians, the first letter was written. And but then, so he goes and he planted this church. He started this church, and some of us here know what that feels like. But he goes over there and he starts it, and then he he leaves. And you know, he's like, "Wonder how my peeps are doing." You know, so he sends his his buddy Timothy goes on back and it's like, "Hey, you go, you go, go tell me how they're doing." Comes back and it's like Paul, oh, man, they're doing pretty good. They're being persecuted though, so Paul writes this letter, and uh, and he addresses several things, and we're gonna we're we're picking up on last week when he's in the middle of what he or he's at the end of what he says, final thoughts, which is a lot, it's final thoughts are like, hey, man, you need to do this do that. See, he's talking to new believers, right? Because he's he started this church. So he's talking to them as, as believers in Christ. And he's saying, here's, here's the way we need to behave. And I'm going to be straight. Every time I read that list or the list that Peter lays out too, it, it's hard, man. You look at that and you're like, whoo, that's, that's a big nugget. That's hard though. That's going to be hard to do. But is it just me? How many here? How, how many of y'all here? And we're going to flip the cameras around and make sure everybody online sees y'all. No but how, think about it. How, when you before you knew Christ or maybe you don't. I know for me it's it's the rules that I thought, the rules of how we were supposed to behave like that's what kept me out of it, because I was like, dude, I'm having fun. I don't need this right now, because, like, I can do this later on in life, because right now i got to get my fun on. Am I the only one? No. I guarantee you, everybody out there is like, man, he's looking at me. He's looking at me. Don't do it, Chris. But see, that's when he, and so think, when, before we read this today, I want you to think about what you're going to hear from their perspective as new believers. And he just laid this list out. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look, we're going to look, look at what he says right after laying this out, his final, final remarks to him. So if you have your Bibles, turn it to 1 Thessalonians 5. And I'm going to read 23 through 28, but we're going to focus with what's up Today, the focus is going to be just on 23 and 24, but I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing. Um, Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. So let's go back to verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Let's let's stop right here. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Now look, here's one of those, that word sanctify, right? It's one of those churchy words that we hear. So what does it mean? Sanctify, it means to to be made holy, right? It's set apart. Well, if you're like me, you're going, whoa, how am I going to do that? But that's what it means. And there's a reason for that. We serve a God who is perfect in every way. We serve a God that, that anything that is not perfect doesn't hang out with him. And there's these different types of what I call the iffications or whatever, right? Justification. Then there's sanctification, which is what we're talking about today. And then there's glorification. Now, real quick, I'm not going to get too deep into this because we could literally spend a year on it. But justification, like we don't deserve to be with God when we die, right? Because of Adam and Eve, the fall, right? So everything we're talking about today is going to be tied back to the fall, right? To when sin entered the world. Because not only did it enter the world, it entered us when that happened. So speaking Adam and Eve. So I highly encourage you, if you haven't heard that, go back, read it. Solid foundation for what we're talking about. And so the divide was the curse that was put on the earth, right? So God's like, I mean, look. Their sin. So now there's this this curse of sin on the earth, which we feel today. And so, sanctifying, or I'm sorry, justification, the first of the three parts, is the fact that there's nothing we can do, nothing that we can do to be good enough for God. So, what did God do? God. Sent his son as a sacrifice for us, which justifies us. It's grace, it is the ultimate display of grace. Right? There's nothing we can do to earn salvation. Literally, nothing we can do. The only thing is accepting Christ. All right? We're justified in Jesus. But then there's another way of of sanctification and that is our spiritual growth, right? So once we accept Christ, then we have this this growth. Now, look, I don't know about y'all, but when I accepted Christ, like, I'd just be straight up. I was in the middle of doing a whole bunch of stupid stuff when I was younger. And when I first accepted Christ, Man, every I was I was a changed man, just like just like the word says. But I still had some trouble just stopping some behaviors. Yes. Right? Sanctification is the process of getting close with the Lord, going to him so that he and he alone can guide you, can give you the strength to put down those old behaviors and draw close to him. It's one of the reasons Jesus says, remain in me. Remain in me. You know, when Jesus talked about remaining in him, he went ahead and hit that remain 11 times in that passage. But back then, to repeat something like that over and over and over was an insult. Like, that was offensive. And he was like, listen, man, you got to remain in me. All right, we, we got it. No, I mean, you, you got to remain in me. Like, okay, we got it. Remain, 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 remain. Like, that's how important this was. All right, so sanctification is us being made holy, which is scary, but it's us being set apart by God. Because one day, those clouds are going to open up, and Jesus is coming back. Now, that's not a very popular thing to say these days. But it's what we believe. And it's truth. And when God comes back, it's the, sanctification is His way of preparing us for that. Man, it is awesome. Right now, you know, 20-something years ago when I accepted Christ, the thought of being able to put down things, behaviors, thoughts, actions, seemed, I mean, overwhelming, scary. Today, the thought of living with those actions, thoughts, that's scary. I cannot, I can't, sometimes I can't comprehend that. But yet, there's a wrestle inside me going on all the time. Yes. All the time. Y'all know this. Every time I went to school at Old Miss, and I'm, I'm an old dude now, right? I'm north of 5-0, which means, like, in some cultures, y'all got to be, like, respecting me and stuff, right? So, like, <laughs> see y'all for some ribs here in a little while. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. But when I I go to Oxford, you go straight up 55 and then you turn and you get on this 20-something mile road. Years, and it has been years, one, since I acted like that. It's just been years in general since that happened. But I still feel something when I make that turn. Kind of like the, you know, the your the smell of a cake or something that maybe your grandmom used to used to make triggers something. See, it's still with me today. The only difference is now I have that strength. The Lord. I have been sanctified to the point to where I'm I'm cool with that, like I'm not cool with it, but I can walk in his strength, and now, it's like, man, it's like lifting weights. You know, you get stronger. And it's powerful. You know, Luther said, um, Luther said when it came to sanctification, there are three obstacles we were all going to face. I love this. The world, ourselves, and Satan. Think about that. Three obstacles. The world, yeah. Ourselves, yeah. And Satan. And I want y'all to look at, uh, look at Ephesians 2.10. Uh, Ephesians, I don't know if it's up there, but Ephesians 2.10 says that, that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't necessarily feel like a masterpiece sometimes, do y'all? No? I saw a couple people going, yeah. But we're his, we are God's workmanship, right? He's working in us. And then Hebrews, check this out Hebrews 10, 4, 10 14 says, here it comes. Because by one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever. Those who are, get this, being made holy. Being made holy. You see, we are in the process. By simply waking up in the morning and being followers of Christ, of being made holy. But there's a struggle. But there's a struggle. And check this out, check this out. So the struggle is this. Growing in sanctification, as we grow in sanctification, our awareness of our brokenness increases. Increases. So hold as we grow in sanctification, we become more aware of our own brokenness. And man, that creates some struggles. It can really create, it can create some real struggle. And when we accept Christ, right, like I said earlier, we're super fired up. We're rolling, we're rolling, we're all fired. Then we, then we get back to reality and, oh my gosh, things get harder and they get harder. And it gets harder and harder to say no to things we know we're not supposed to be doing, and it's like Paul said, there's this war raging on inside me, man, like, like, there's this little Jekyll and Hyde thing going, right, he didn't say that, but like, this is my translation, like, there's, you know, we got this little dude, who's like, come on, come uh-uh, on, uh-uh, come on, come on, you are good, you can do this, and then there's that guy's like, but don't you remember, that's all right right there, man, it was so fun, she's not gonna know, whatever it is, but it is a war. See, we struggle with our actions. We struggle with our thoughts, which is why we're told to guard our hearts, right? Or some translations say guard our affections, guard our thoughts. That's why we're told to keep to take our thoughts captive. Because this struggle is in our entire being. And a lot of times we don't even know it. We just feel tension. How many people feel tension right now hearing about this? Yeah, because it's real in every one of us. Here's the good thing, though. I get so excited about this. The dude that wrote this, Paul, he also said this. Here, oh yeah, okay. Hey, put that, will you put that slide up there? Romans 7. Romans 7, 14 and 15. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. I don't do what I want to do, but the very thing I hate. But the very thing I hate. (laughs) Hold up, hold up. You telling me the dude that wrote this letter that said, hey man, you're being sanctified. The same guy that said, hey, listen, you got to live like and behave and don't do this, 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 this. You need to do this, 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 and this. But on the same hand, he's going, hold up. Well, uh, man, I, this is so hard. He's being straight up. This is, a, this is impossible. Like, how, how am I going to do this? He's telling us right there, look, I cannot help it. It is the sin that is inside of me. Now, are we supposed to walk around and be like, oh, man, whoo mom, I couldn't help it. <laughs> it's the sin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right? Now, I've wanted to do that. I probably even tried it a couple times, and it didn't work. But that's not an excuse. In fact, Paul wasn't the only one to struggle with it. King David, who Jesus came from, think about this. King David, he struggled with the same thing. That dude screwed up so much. But yet God said, hey, man, hey, I'm going to take the guy who was a train wreck but loved me with all of his heart. He did a lot of stupid stuff. But when he did it, man, he was on his face like, man, God, I'm so sorry. It was authentic. Didn't stop him from making, it slowed him down from making mistakes, but he still made mistakes. But in Psalm 19, 13, David says, Lord, keep your servant. Lord, keep me from my willful sins. Keep me from my willful sins, Lord. May they not rule over me. God, I am begging you, please. I know you're telling me not to do things, but I I just keep doing it. I keep making the same mistakes over and over and over, and I know you're telling me not to do it. Lord, I need your help. See, the very thing we're most afraid of The very thing that God gives us the strength to overcome. You know, the, the fact that they struggled with this vicious cycle, and listen, these are just two examples. That book, the, the Bible, I wish I had mine, but I'm using my iPad, the Bible is full of people just like that. Peter hung out with Jesus his entire ministry, and right—I mean, at the absolute pinnacle—he had the championship shot. And right as he got up there to get ready to shoot, he went, nah, I don't know that dude. I don't know that. I don't know that guy." The ultimate crash and burn was Peter yet look what happened in his life somewhere along the way Peter had to sit there tripping on what he had done the word tells us he was completely broken and six to eight weeks later he's walking around healing people Go look in the book of Acts. See, we think that, oh, man, Peter, that had to be like a really long time because, you know, it takes a long time to grow in Christ. I can't be that. It's going to take forever. But you know the truth is? Peter went completely devoted to Christ, and he depended on that strength, the same strength that David depended on. Psalm 18.1 says, I love you, Lord, written by David. I love you, Lord, my strength. Man, can't you see that? Can you see my strength? Can you see David just like us, literally just like us, going, whew, love you, Lord, my strength. And here's why that's so important. Let's go back to verse 23 and what Paul was saying. Now, may the God of peace, get this, himself. The translation is of no other way, only by God. May God himself sanctify you. Man, he, and he does it because of his love for you. You know, we run around, we run around, we run around, we think we're not good enough. Look, Look, this sanctification is so real because what happens is, we start doing things, and we think that our works, like we think, oh, I can go do these things. I can go do these things, and I'm going to get closer to God, and he, he's going to like me more. God's never loved you more than he loved you right now. And one second from right now, he'll love you more. It's the, his love for you is beyond anything you could ever even comprehend, and he tells us that over and over in the Bible. But it wreaks havoc on us, doesn't it? Those thoughts and all the trying to achieve certain things. Let let me tell you this, this this tripped me out hard one time. There's a guy that, uh, he was going on a mission trip and he was asking me all about it, uh, going to Honduras. And he went and he came back and I was so excited. He was so fired up to go and I was so excited. And he go and I was like, dude, how was it, man? He goes, I'm so mad. Okay, well, what? what? I didn't see one miracle. I was like, huh. And part of me was like, what? (laughs) I wanted to get away from it because it, and all I said was, well, who was that about? Were you serving the Lord or were you serving you? And the moment I said it, I had a check in my spirit because I do the same thing. I do the same thing. does it run God off? Mm-mm. When I say, "Lord, I love you, you're my strength, like David, and I recognize that mm. but check out verse 24. See, as we roll around and we're tripping on all this and we think we're never going to be good enough for the Lord and we're doing everything we can to try to grow and we find out that, oh, man, that was really about me, like I didn't see a miracle, you know? He says this, hey, it's all good because he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. You see, this is a promise from God. God has promised every one of us, he will do it. He will do it. Isaiah 55, 11 says that God's word has never come back void and it won't. That his promises, his promises, that's it, nothing's gonna stop his promises, nothing. So what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? Where are you in this sanctification process? Or honestly, think about it. Are you frustrated? Are you struggling? You hear these little things, this little whisper going, man, you're not you're not good enough. You were not filling the blank. Well, if you're like me, you hear that stuff. But God says there's a power in you greater than anything you could ever ask or imagine. I Think about that. Really think about that. When we accept Christ, and what he's saying is, when he told Peter to step out of the boat, Peter was like, uh, huh? You want me to like, step out of the boat into this water? What did Jesus tell him? Peter's like tripping. He's looking down at the water like, and he starts, you know, oh my gosh. And she's like, hello, on, on, hey, hey, hey. Right here, right here. You focus on me. You focus on me. And that's what we see here. First Peter, Peter says this. Here's the how. As you come to him, The living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. Man. He will do it. You believe it? What in your life do you need to hear? He will do it. You know, God's promises will not return back void. Those aren't my words. So you can walk in confidence, knowing that no matter what the world is telling you, no matter what you're feeling, that as you focus on him and as you walk with him, and the walk is going to look kind of like this, right? You're going you're to you're be going. It's not going to be straight. It's going to be a crooked walk, but it's like a graph, man. You're going up. You're, you're walking towards him, and he's saying, stay right here. Focus on me. I'll do it. You just lock in, and I'll do it. That is the beauty. That's the beauty of today. The beauty of his word. You know, he may be knocking at the door, whispering to you right now. What are you going to do with that? If you don't know Christ, if, you, if you've been running from him, then know this that list of things, he'll do it. You just go to the peace. His love for you is beyond anything you could ever imagine. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, you are good. You are gracious. You are kind. God, we're about to come before you and praise you, God. I I pray that our hearts, God, that that you will hear our hearts. God, we beg you, less of us and more of you. God, as we leave here today, God, give give us the strength to truly seek you. God, whisper to us. Keep our eyes open, focus on you. Keep our ears open, listening to you, Father, just Lord. Let us marvel in you. Thank you for that opportunity, God. Thank you for loving us like you do. We ask this in Jesus' name.